0: Hey, I'm Nicole, your host of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On this show, we're going to be talking tangible action that you can take in order to achieve the life you thought was only achievable after retirement. Everything you want now in life, you can have it. Will it take hard work, patience, and uncomfortable growth? You bet it will, but it will be so worth it. On this show, we will be deep diving into the topics of lifestyle design, travel, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. I myself am a global citizen and world traveler who left my home country and conventional lifestyle behind for a life of adventure and following my passions. And that's exactly what I want for you. It's your time to love your work, build your wealth, and create the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Nomad Neeks. and on today's episode, I am super excited to sit down with Kendall Grender. She is a travel budget hacker, and she is here to share all of her tips, tricks, and what she has learned building a business online in the budget hacking community. Kendall grew up in a family that considered travel for rich people. She studied abroad in 2013, and she had no idea how small her world was. She made $34,000 a year out of graduate school, and she made a commitment to herself that she would see as much of the world as possible. She was broke and had no idea how she was going to do it. Since then, she has become a very savvy budget travel hacker, traveling to 23 countries and 36 of the U.S. states with her husband. In 2022, she set a record year of budget travel, traveling for 96 days at just $123 per day for two people, while saving over $22,000 through points and miles. Now, she shares her budget hacking knowledge to help others save money, travel more, and breaking down the same misconceptions she once had about her own inability to afford travel. Kendall, thank you for being on the show today. Kendall, thank you so much for coming and being on the show today. So let's dive right into it. I'm so looking forward to our conversation. But before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, where you started, and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to talk about travel because I always want to talk about it. <laughs> so um, so I'm Kendall. Um, I have been uh, traveling for many years now, mostly through a budget travel hacking lens. So um, saving money through point, points and miles, uh, but not only points and miles. So basically any way that my husband and I could Find a way to see the world. We did uh, through saving money uh, in the process, but my my path there wasn't um, as straightforward as as many would suspect. So, um, my husband and I, you know, we uh, both grew up in families that didn't really travel. We primarily uh, kind of saw life in terms of like, that's for rich people, like you don't go anywhere because it's too expensive for us kind of thing. So my only idea of travel was going up to Michigan every year, seeing my grandparents um, and spending time with them. And it wasn't until college when I was uh, basically forced into studying abroad for my scholarship, it was a requirement for me, that my eyes really opened up to the world. And I was like, wow, my world is Michigan and Kentucky. And, you know, there's so much more out out there for me to kind of discover. Um, but I was still very um very poor. My now husband and I met in college and uh, we uh, didn't really do a lot of exploration outside of the US in grad school um, because we just didn't have the money um, or we didn't think we had the money at the time. But when we got married after grad school, we ended up going to Southeast Asia for um, almost five weeks uh, thanks to an episode of Parts Unknown with Anthony Bourdain where he went to Vietnam and he said he had the best fun of his life and we both really liked fun. We were Why don't we go to Vietnam and have that fuss? So, uh, at the time, you know, it seemed like such a good idea and made so much sense. But looking back, I'm like, That was really strange for two people who had never traveled internationally together, had never backpacked, had never even thought about the idea of going to Southeast Asia to just pack up everything and say, nope, we're going to go there for five weeks. Um, But that kind of started this um, new philosophy within us of going to five new places together every year. So we called it this five new rule, which has since morphed into me quitting my job twice, um, my nine to five twice, and now doing Kendall. Travels full time and and sharing how you can travel hack um, budget travel hack throughout the world on a um, much smaller um, uh, income than you might have thought possible. So at the time when we made this five new rule, we had I was making thirty four thousand dollars a year, uh, my husband was making thirty two thousand dollars a year. So we didn't have a lot of money, uh, but we still had this idea that we wanted to see the world and. And we kind of utilized all of these methods in order to make that happen for us. Um, and now I just love sharing that information with other people to let them you know, make $34,000, $32,000 a year and kind of go out and see the world on a budget that makes sense for them and just stretching that budget to go further, um, to take more trips, to take more luxurious trips, whatever that might mean to them.
0: That's so awesome. I love your mission and I love your story of you are... The person who wanted to travel, and now you're helping those people who want to travel. But it really all started from something that you wanted to do, and something that you know people all over the world want and aspire to travel. And doing that on a budget is incredible. So, talk to us a little bit about what it was like quitting you said two jobs, but quitting yeah. <laughs> a full time job, a full time income to become a travel content creator and following your passion. But especially in the beginning, I'm sure that can be pretty scary.
1: Yeah, so um during the pandemic like a lot of people I think it was time for me to kind of I had this opportunity to sit back and like look at my life, right? I wasn't just being reactive to like going to work every day, but it was so much I think for a lot of people that I was a good student, I went to grad school, I got a job, you know, and I did like all of the steps in the process that I was told that I was supposed to do. Like this is what life is, you go get a 9 to 5, you sit at work every day, You're kind of miserable. Everyone laughs about it, you know, in the break room. And then you go home and you have like your free time, you know, and like that's when you get to experience life. And I never subscribed to that idea. I was always kind of miserable. But for me, you know, 2020 let me kind of step back and say, you know i wasn't happy in my job and i knew i wasn't happy in my job um i was kind of owned by it like told i did, told when i could take off told when i couldn't take off you know and and kind of go experience the world the way i wanted to um so my husband actually told me you know after i continuously was crying about work um and knew it wasn't for me when i would like go to work crying kind of thing. And uh, he was like, why don't you just like talk about travel? Like, why don't you like go out and put yourself out there and do that? And that for me was an opportunity. I did this exercise where you put like, I, I actually did it on a wall in my office. And it's like, what I like, what I'm good at, what I know. And then I took these post-it notes and I just like started putting stuff up there to figure out like what my life could be. And what I found is that all of those three categories it was travel. Like it was like that's what I like, it's what I'm good at, and it's what I know a lot about. So Um, as a, as a big introvert, it was really hard for me to put my life out there, um, on social media and like express that to other people and to get comfortable with that. Uh, so what I decided to do is, uh, create kind of a concept so that people would want to follow along, but it also gave me something comfortable to talk about. So my husband and I, um, I had always wanted to go to Europe. I'd always wanted to go backpacking through Europe, um and I thought I'm too old. <laughs> you know, like I was going to be thir- turning 30 and I thought, "Oh, I missed that portion of my life kind of thing." Um so I decided to do this project called Europe for free. And so I spent about a year collecting points and miles uh to go to Europe um for as close to free as we possibly could, knowing that I was going to quit my job um in order to go and do this. And um I wrote a whole blog post on it and people really enjoy it. So I'll I'll mention it of this, how travel helped cure my quarter life crisis. And so this was like a a portion of that, right? Of um, figuring out what I wanted to do through this Europe for free um, process. And so I, right before the Christmas holiday, I told my supervisor, you know, I'm going on this trip. Like I had already been planning it almost a year (laughs) and never, never said anything. And I was like, you know, I I was so into my work that even though I was miserable and I said, I remember this, I was like, but if you want, I will come back. And looking back at that, I was like, I can't believe I even said that. I was so miserable. But I just thought that that's what you subscribe to. Um, So I quit my job. I was told, no, um, you can't leave for almost five weeks and come back, even though you need to go find yourself. And we all know you're depressed. Um, And so I quit my job, started a new one when I got back because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And then six months later, I left that job and I'm now doing this full time. Um, So it was kind of like a, a whirlwind of a year last year of like, quitting my job, going on this big trip, coming back, thinking I needed to do a nine to five again, and then quitting my job again so I could help more people after I got to be too much work to have two full-time jobs.
0: Wow. That's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that because I think it's a very interesting concept. Um, And I I love that two times you had the mindset that this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go back Mm -hmm. to work. And I think in our culture, in our society, because in my story, I've experienced the very same thing where you feel like that is what you have to do. So even though you know you're not happy and you know that there's more to life, you go back to it. But I love that you went back to it a second time and you're like, no, this still is not for me. This is not fulfilling. (laughs)
1: Yeah, for sure. And some people it's for. It. Like, I want to be clear that, like, you can travel and have a full time job. My husband does it. He goes with me. It's just about finding that balance for you. You know, some people, it's like they want someone to pay them. They want that steady paycheck. They want to know it's coming. Um, but maybe it's just finding a balance with your employer that says, oh, you can travel and work or we'll give you enough vacation time for your lifestyle. Um, and I just didn't feel that was enough for me. Um, and so, you know, it's just a balance for a lot of people of, of what that what that middle ground looks like to be able to travel and and get the income in order to do that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I always say, you know, I have friends back home in my home country and they are working the nine to five and loving their Mm -hmm. jobs and they have the house and the mortgage. And I'm like, that's awesome. If that is what you want to do, I'm so happy if you are happy. But I knew myself that I wasn't going to be happy in that lifestyle. And so that is why I knew that I had to make that change. And so I like that you are also, we're we're very proactive that you were able to see that and make that change. And it is totally scary to quit and really not know what's gonna happen. I think every entrepreneur and business owner kind of has that feeling. You don't know what's gonna happen or where it's gonna go, but I find sometimes if you don't have that backup net, you're forced to work as hard as you can and to make it work because there's nothing else there for you.
1: Yeah, no safety net at this point. And um, if you have a partner, sometimes that's scary for them too. Um, but also knowing like your happiness can be really uh, important and, and grow you as a person and grow your business a lot more than if you just are continuously stagnant in your life and, and feeling like you're just – you know I was at the point and I said this to my employer because they knew I wasn't happy, and I was like for a long time, I was treading water, and now I feel like you're pushing me down under the water um you know, and so like now I feel like I'm not only treading water like i'm I'm going to the shore, you know, am I like actually moving now, so it, it feels really nice to have that change
0: wow that's that's a really interesting metaphor um so I'm curious in you saying that, I am curious. What did your partner think of that? I'm sure that that can be a very scary transition with somebody who, as you mentioned, he does have a nine to five job and works in corporate. So, how did that look for your partner? And I'm sure now, you know, they're on board. But what did that look like initially? Was that a little bit nerve wracking?
1: It was. I think, you know, for me, I knew that our income has always been that so that we have a small house, we have one car. We don't have a lot of expenses, and I knew that we would be fine. Um, we're not part of that, you know, like big house American lifestyle kind of kind of mindset in our lives, anyways. Um, so, like, I was able to show numbers, which was helpful. Um, But he is definitely somebody who likes um, stability. And I think a lot of people in a relationship, there's always one of those, right, who are like, no, this is not stable for us. Um, And so, you know, for him, he... I think there's more pressure to keep the nine to five being in the United States and health insurance being what it is, um, is kind of an extra dynamic there, but he worked it out so that he can travel with me. Um, so that's kind of where that balance came in is he'll still keep the nine to five, but he goes with me and he might be off two days and work three days. Um, and then we get the weekends in between of our, our trips. So it's been kind of a balance there, but me leaving, you know, was definitely a conversation that we had about, um, Finances, um, lifestyle change that might have to come out of it if things don't go well, um, and then all of the pieces that that play into that as a as a couple, you know, as a dual income household, and how that changes the dynamic. Um, but you know, I, I felt like, and how I expressed it to him was, if I do this. I know that I can make a lot more money if I'm not spending 40 hours a week working for somebody else. And, and that's proven true. I mean, that is, that's proven more than true. Um, so that's been like a really nice component that was kind of a risk that he had to take with me. Um, but we knew that the numbers were going to work out that even if something bad happened, um, we would still be able to pay our bills
0: yeah I like that you bring that up um you know it reminds me of when i was telling the my work just before i quit i was in china working in china and i was telling my coworkers you know i'm going to quit and i'm going to leave china and i'm going to travel and that's my plan and So many of them just didn't understand. I remember Mm -hmm. this one specific coworker just couldn't wrap his head around it, and he was like, "But how are you going to make money? You're going to travel. Travel costs money." And and he was so concerned for me, and I was like, "Don't worry, it's okay." Granted, like I didn't tell them, you know, my whole business plan and like what I was wanting Mm -hmm. to do and accomplish, but you really can build so much more for yourself. And with that, make so much more of an income and an impact if you are working for yourself and driving your own mission instead of working for somebody else, usually in a somewhat soulless job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that happened to me too. So before I told my employer, a few of my very close colleagues knew about my plan. And one of them said the exact same thing to me. My lovely friend, Kelsey, shout out to Kelsey, was said the exact same thing. She said, how are you going to make money? Like it was like this, this like foreign concept to some people that like you can make money for yourself and you don't need to work for somebody else and then give you a paycheck every two weeks. Um, and, but at the time I was like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I'll make it work. Um, but, you know, it's just a lot of trial and error when you're working for yourself too about how to make it work. And everyone's strategy is different. It looks, you know, slightly different in what works for different people. And and some of that goes to ethics. Some of it goes to just, you um, uh, concepting of their business strategy, but it's a lot of trial and error in the process. but once you know that you want to do it and you can go for it, there's no better time to take a leap you know than the present. And if it works for you it works and if not at least you tried and you're not sitting there 55 and angry you know that you, d- you didn't at least uh, try to make something work for yourself and not just work for a paycheck every two weeks.
0: Yeah, totally. I love putting that into perspective, not 55 and angry. Like for me, and I'm sure for you and many others in our situation or who have been there in the past, it's you, you want to know or to try and see what's going to happen because otherwise there's always going to be a what if, and that what if is just always going to be held over your head for the rest of your life. And you will end up, you know, 55 and angry. So I love that you just went for it. And like you said, you know, you didn't know what you were going to do in the beginning, but you figure it out as you go along and you've built something really amazing for yourself. Absolutely. So I would love to ask, what advice do you have for somebody who is wanting to do similar to something that you do, whether it is to leave their job and to create a business on their own or to build a community online and to educate that community through your expertise?
1: Well, I'd say that there's a lot of components that go into it. I was fortunate when I started, I had a, I I went back to school again and got a graduate certificate in social media strategy. Um, And so like I had some background on understanding like metrics and like what works online and all of that, but you don't really need that, you know? Um, But I did do a lot of courses that I thought were really helpful. So I use Skillshare, Um, And I really enjoy the platform. So like I'm not paid to say anything about them, but I just think that they're so helpful for me in in understanding SEO and building a website myself, you know, step-by-step process of doing that. Um, And I did photography classes and like taking better photos and and lots of things that you can learn that are helpful tools. Um, And anyone can do it. Online is like such a vast place now in order to learn any skills that you need. Um, But on top of it, I think it's just like, diving in and trying it. Um, But there are a lot of people who just won't, won't make it, you know, and you see their content and stuff and you're like, I know you could do better. Like, I know if you just did this, I know if you did that. So I think it's helpful to have a toolbox of understanding like metrics and what's working and why it's working and and just having the personality in order to showcase that and being authentic with that personality. So, not trying to be something you're not is really important when you're building a community online because you can have 10, you know, 10,000, 100,000, 200,000 followers, but if they're not, Actually engaged with you and feel your authenticity, it's it's really not going to do anything for you financially either. Um, so I think that that's really important. And then as a business, I think it's just figuring out your niche, figuring out what your community needs, listening to them. Okay. Um, For me, it's being really engaged in my uh, messages on Instagram um, because that's really helpful to understand like where the gaps are um, in communication of what they they want from you, travel related. Or for me, it's, you know, travel hacking related um, and figuring out how to make that happen and make it work for you financially. Um, But it's also being niched down in that respect too. There's a lot of people in the travel hacking community, but a lot of them are just selling cards Um, Of, like, get this card and we'll fix all your problems. Whereas my method is more of, like, let's stretch your already defined travel budget. We can use points and miles to help that, but let's find other methods and avenues in order to make a lifestyle change that you can take with you for the rest of your life. Um, And so that has helped me grow my community specifically a lot. Um, But you can do that in any niche or area of travel as well. Um, cause there's lots of ways to make money through it online. Um, and I've chosen to make a lot of mine with my own products and services. Uh, but some people choose to work with partners, um, or, you know, make a lot more on affiliate links and that kind of stuff as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So I have the big question for you in you saying that. I'm sure you've been asked this so many (laughs) times, but I would love to hear your opinion on it. I know everybody has a different opinion. Is social media and Instagram in particular too saturated to even get started?
1: Yes and no. I think it depends on A lot of factors. So I am fortunate that I've grown. um, And right now it feels like everyone's not growing on social media as of today, at least. Um, But I've seen, you know, accounts that have come after me that have grown well and are making money. And I've seen accounts that have come before me that, you know, I have surpassed. So, you know, it just kind of depends on a lot of different factors. One of it I think is luck. Like did the algorithm pick up a few of your videos, That are good enough quality, that people have come and they've stayed and they've stayed engaged with you as a community. And, you know, that partially is luck. You know, did Instagram like the music you chose? Did they like the video you chose? Did you do enough to engage people long enough in it? And and some of that is luck related. Where I'll have, you know, videos that did perform really well statistically, but they went nowhere outside of my community. So you know, part of that is luck. Um, But it's just being um, uh, continuously present, I would say, is the piece of that, that you can still do it online. And you don't need a huge following in order to make money online. I want to be clear with that too. Um, There are people who make who have far less followers than me, who make far more money than me uh, because of their niche and how they've uh, created their community that are engaged with their products or that their pricing is right for their community or lots of different factors like that. So yes, I think it's still possible, but you have to continuously uh, be present. I was speaking to a very small audience for a very long time, but I, you know, I came back every day and I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to come here. I'm going to be present for these people who want to hear from me and want to be a part of my life. And and I continued to have that same story and that same uh, perspective, no matter if it was 3,000 people or 21,000 people who care what I have to say. Now, granted, it's a lot weirder when you have 21,000 people who care what you have to say than when you have 3,000. Um, but, you know, it's definitely possible no matter what kind of following you have, just being niched down, being authentic and finding ways to make money that makes sense for you.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So I completely agree with you. I think it really comes down to, well, luck I think is a factor, Mm -hmm. Um, but really just being present and consistency these days. Yes,
1: Yeah. The consistency. So like a lot of my growth came, I did a reel a day challenge um, last September, I want to say. And so a lot of my growth came from just a few reels that I did during that That challenge. So, you know, a lot of people who have large followings, it's that a few of their reels went viral and then they had like all of this growth from just a couple of reels. Um, But I recommend taking some classes too on that kind of stuff. So like if you're not seeing growth, there's a lot of good resources out there that can help you uh, kind of find ways to niche down or uh, sell more or find, you know, stories that you can sell to people based on you that make them want to connect with you more through a follow.
0: Yeah, there's so interesting when you talk about this topic, because there's so many factors and components that go into it. And it's so difficult to identify what is working or what isn't working. Um, But let's chat. So you have a great community on social media. Let's chat about what do your streams of income look like through your business that you have built up over the last few years?
1: Yeah. So it has been recently, like since I quit my job, the second time that I really started looking at my business strategy. And I even sent an uh, email out as well as like on my stories to all of my followers when I left my job. And a real, I'm very transparent about my business. I'll put it that way um, about how, you know, I was taking a hard look at my business strategy and I have to figure out ways to generate more money or I can't do this anymore is basically what I had to tell people. And, And I just think it's important to be transparent with people about those sorts of things in terms of like you know at the end of the year I do a business report to all of my followers I let them know like where my money comes from um, because I think that's that's really important as a as a business is to let people know transparently you know who's who's supporting you and why um, And the other thing is my husband says all the time if I was less ethical I could make a lot more money. <laughs> So um, I'm always ethical to a fault where I won't, I won't work with a brand if I don't use their products. I, um, I will not work with um, – I do have card affiliate links, but I've, I've made it so I can still talk about certain things, and, and that makes me less money too. So you know, lots of different things that I have done. So my, my streams of income, though, through that, most of it is through my own uh, coaching. So I have group coaching and individual coaching that I do. And that is the majority of my income. Um, And I like doing coaching. I like doing one-on-one. I like doing group coaching. I think it's really valuable. Um... And for me, if it, it feels very rewarding uh, to do it, so that's my primary source of income. Then I do master classes and then other kinds of little products um, that I sell, um, and then those would be my second stream of income outside of my coaching. Uh, and then I would say affiliates. So card affiliates are probably my biggest in my affiliate. Um, Uh, stream of income, but then there are like travel related products that I use that I also have affiliates with uh, that I share when it makes sense to share those links. So those would be my three primary sources of income. I'm hoping this year to work uh, more with like tourism bureaus and do that kind of stuff. It's hard when you're niched in the budget travel hacking space. It's kind of like For me, I'm finding I'm too much in the travel hacking space for like brands to want to work with me one-on-one, but then I'm I'm too much in the non-travel hacking space for travel hacking brands to want to work with me. I'm like not enough in one space or the other for a lot of them. Uh, So right now, I'm just kind of navigating what that looks like for me because I do still need another – I I would like to add another source of income as like a – through some kind of more partnerships um, moving forward.
0: Interesting. And it's really interesting that you mentioned that about the niches as well. I think when you're looking to grow an account, that's what people always advise is to have one specific niche. And I would think that your niche would be very specific and you would have, you know, very specific companies and brands that would want to work with you. So that's interesting that those are problems. And I feel like there's always going to be issues like that, that you're going to be navigating as a business owner that kind of pop up. And it's like, oh, I didn't realize this when I first started.
1: Absolutely. And I think if I was more just like girl in flowy dress, you know, I could probably get more uh, companies like tourism bureaus and stuff to want to work with me. But a lot of times they want to make money and they don't want to hear about how not to make as much money from me. Um, But then the other thing I'm working on too is my blog. So I've had a blog. um, I was starting to generate uh, ad revenue from it. And then I switched uh, my blog URL. So that was taken away from me. So I've recently hired an editor and SEO optimizer. So, um, I am able to write a lot more because I have to, I now can give it to somebody to make it work for me. And that's been really helpful as well. So, I'm working to kind of grow that blog, if not just me being like, oh, I'll post every two months, but now like writing two or three posts a month uh, and working to grow that as an, a, a long term passive revenue source is going to be really important for me too, because a lot of my revenue is very active um, and having something more passive will be really helpful.
0: Interesting. Talk to me a little bit about blogging. So I will be totally transparent. Blogging is not something that I do. I actually (laughs) really don't enjoy writing if I'm being completely honest. Whenever I write, it's pretty short form. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know that you can make so much, again, passive, somewhat passive money Mm -hmm. through blogging. So walk us through what that looks like and what are the other benefits of having a blog?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, my blog is partially for people that are in coaching calls. And then I have like a coaching, like a resource guide. So like some of it will link back to my blog, um, which I think is really helpful. And then I post a lot of just like travel, it- budget travel itineraries. Um, So with travel tips of like doing it on a budget or like this is how much if you did it with points, kind of those kinds of things, kind of like what I would do. Um, I like blogging because I think now that I have an SEO optimizer editor, it is so easy for me to write. Um, And then I just give it to her and then she makes sure Google finds it uh, because that's the hard part for me. And I'm very much of the mindset of if you, if you can't do it quickly You know, you're not efficient at it. You're not good at it. You should outsource. Even if it's costing me money every month now, it's worth the outsourcing of getting that done. Same. I have a Pinterest manager, you know, who takes my blogs and puts them on Pinterest. It's time saved for me. But as far as blogging, you can definitely make money. Uh, It's just that you have to be able, people have to be able to find your stuff. And there's two avenues to that. Google or, you know, search engines finding that. Google obviously is the biggest one. And then the second avenue is like if you have enough of a following and you're linking back to your own stuff on your site, you know, that's also revenue if you do it through ads or affiliate or a mixture um, within your site. So, you know, some people choose not to do ads and they just do the affiliate marketing on their on their blogs and that's totally a source of income and a way to do it. Some people choose to do both and some people just have um, ads if they just are starting out. They don't have a lot of affiliates yet and those sorts of things. Um, I have ads. Um, I was starting to make some money with my ads and and again that was taken away when I switched my URL uh, to match my Instagram. So that was a big transition for me. Um, but you know you can decide how much, how many ads you want, which also impacts your revenue that you make um, from your blog as well. So again, I don't like a lot of ads. I think they're very obnoxious. I think they take away from the ability to understand the information sometimes. So I don't have a lot of them. So I don't make a lot of money from it. Uh, but I would rather have that and have someone like be able to understand the information and not get annoyed with my website than make a lot more money from the same post.
0: Yeah. I like that mission. I think sometimes I go on blogs, especially when traveling and wanting to like find how to get somewhere or something. And there's so many ads and pop-ups and it's like, I don't even want to just, I can find another site, you know? Exactly. (laughs) So I have one last question for you, which I like to ask my guests. And that question is, what is one thing that You know now that you wish you had have known in the beginning of your journey or at least sooner.
1: Oh, there's a lot of factors at play there. I would say, you know, for me, turning 30 or the dread of turning, I am 30 now, but the dread at the time of turning 30 really informed me changing the course of my life. And it's something that at the time I wish I would have done sooner. Like I wish I wouldn't have studied what I did in grad school or went this direction with a job or, you know, all of those sorts of things that you look back on. You're like, man, I wish. But it was also part of this like path, you know, into like this quote unquote quarter life crisis. I Googled all my symptoms. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not depressed in the traditional sense. I'm work depressed. You know, And like, what does that mean? And I think, you know, at the time for me, what I wish I would have known is like a pathway, but everyone makes their path differently. Um, but for me, it was definitely like this dreaded, I'm turning 30 and I don't have any direction with my life, so I need some direction at the time. Um, but looking back on it, you know, what I wish I knew now is that that's okay. You know, it's okay to kind of find your path as it makes sense to you. But as long as you're working towards it, one thing I, I can't stand and I couldn't stand before, but I definitely can't stand now is people complaining and doing nothing to change their circumstances. And I think that there's so many ways that you can change your circumstances, um, And especially being in a, you know, first world Western country. And I think that that in and of itself showcases the ability to make change, especially with so many ways to make money online. And we talked earlier about my friend at work who was like, how are you going to make money? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to try. And I think that that mindset has really... um, played a big impact in like what I knew then and what I know now, like the consistency of like, I'm just going to try to make it work. Um, And some people it won't work. Like I want to be very clear that like, you know, there's a lot of success stories out there, but it's just a matter of trying and finding all of the avenues in order to do that. And being fully committed to that change uh, is probably the hardest part.
0: That's a great answer. i completely agree with everything you just said. And I like to call it lifestyle design when mm-hmm. I talk about it in the podcast. And that that really is just truly finding what you want to be doing for the rest of your life, how you want to spend the rest of your days. And for a lot of people that doesn't look like working for somebody else in a nine to five that isn't super fulfilling. So really figuring out what you want out of life. And then the more difficult part is sometimes going after it. And like you said, you know, things, probably the first time will not work out. And I think you're right online. It's so easy to see people who have success and have made it big and are making the 10k months and whatever that Mm -hmm. looks like. But that's not where they started. And I just had a podcast recording the other day where we were talking about exactly this, that that is not where they started. And it's very difficult to put that into perspective sometimes. But that is the journey of most people
1: absolutely yeah and you know i'm not there yet i haven't had a 10k month yet um, but I'm making what I made when I left my job of my take home pay and like that, you know, for me is success. Um, and so it doesn't have to be making a lot of money. It doesn't have to be like, look at my lifestyle change. Cause I'm working for myself and it, it can eventually be that way. Maybe it will be for me, but for me, my, my threshold was just, am I making enough to sustain my lifestyle that I have now? And yes. And that for me is success.
0: Awesome. I love that. Perfect last words. So before you go, tell us where everybody can find you online.
1: Yeah. So, um, you should follow me on Instagram. Um, that's where I'm most active and, um, I'll message you back. I'm pretty good about that. Um, so my Instagram is Kindle travels, K E N D Y L travels. Um, my mom really did a number on me having to tell everyone my name and then, uh, that's my uh, website as well. So kindletravels.com, you can find some budget travel hacking resources there and my blog, um, and find ways to uh, grab a coaching call and those sorts of things as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Kendall, and for sharing all of your wisdom and everything that you've learned throughout your journey.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here.
0: What a great episode that was! I hope that you got a lot from listening to Kendall, hearing her journey, and hearing how she has built a business in an area that she is truly passionate about. If you want to reach out to Kendall, all of her links are below. Be sure to check out her blog and definitely her Instagram if you are interested in budget traveling or just traveling in general. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Nomad Neeks. You can find all of my links below as well. And I hope to see you next time on the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast.